Hi folks, welcome to this week's edition of the Finance Hour. The topic of this week's show is big marketing for small businesses. We have a fantastic interview with Timbo Reid, who is the host of the Small Business Big Marketing Show. It's probably the most popular podcast for business owners in Australia, and he's done a whopping 393 podcasts. Now, Timbo believes that it's never been a better time to be a small business owner. There are heaps of marketing tools at our fingertips, which allow us to compete with the big businesses. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And don't forget to listen to the very end for the three tips for business owners, uh, which Tim gives us. And of course, my propeller head of the week, where I talk about internet banking apps. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to the Finance Hour. Whether you're listening live on Jair or indeed on our podcast, this is a show where we try and make sense of the world of business and finance and hopefully help you make better financial decisions. Decisions, that is, not decision singular, but decisions plural. Now, my name's Ruben Zoller. I'm a financial planner and owner at Adapt Wealth Management. Uh, we're a boutique financial planning firm works with business owners, professionals, and those planning for retirement. Uh, I've been doing this podcast since the beginning of the year, not every single week, but I think we're up to episode number 24, and you can search us on iTunes under the Finance Hour, or just Google the Finance Hour, and you will find previous episodes. I'm also right in the final throes of finishing my website, uh, and the podcast is going to be Uh, very prominent on that and also my wife convinced me to start a separate Facebook page for the finance hour which I was spending an inordinate amount of time on this morning so that's going to be live as well so I welcome you to come in and like that Facebook page leave me a review on iTunes or do whatever it is you can do to help me promote this podcast spread it around to your friends talk about it over the barbecue over a beer Speaking about that, I just would like to do a quick shout out to my good friend, Nearshire Winter, who is one of the uh, the long-standing listeners to this podcast and was in fact the very, very first caller. I know you're listening out there, Near. Hopefully you're not alone. I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of other people, but uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to you and uh, yes, look forward to catching up with you. Now, a uh, quick disclaimer, quick word from our lawyers. There was a, uh, at the start of the show, you just got to understand, this is only general advice that we're giving. We're just having a yarn. Don't take anything that I say here too seriously. Certainly don't go out and try it at home yourself. Uh, if you want to you know, take any of these things on board, uh, you're doing it at your own risk, or you, know, you may want to actually go and get some financial advice. So bottom line is, don't sue me, don't sue the radio station, don't sue any of my guests. Uh, you'll end up spending a lot of money on legal fees and you won't get anywhere because I've just protected us with that very well thought through disclaimer. Now, this week's episode is all about big marketing for small businesses. Uh, you might recall those of you who are avid listeners that we did a podcast with Stuart Bell, episode 19, which, is, which was called Scale Me Up, which is a guide for small business owners uh, to 
use technology to do things better, easier, and faster. So now we're sort of building on that type of thing, but really, really talking about marketing and how you know you can crank up marketing for your business, whatever size it is. And I guess today there is certainly nobody, uh, literally nobody, who's more qualified to talk about that than I guess today, uh, Mr. Timbo Reed, who runs the number one uh, podcast marketing show called Small Business, Big Marketing. I think my podcast is about to take over uh, as the most popular finance show. Just kidding. Timbo's been doing about, he's done about 393 podcasts. Um, But he is an absolute guru. Uh, There's not much he doesn't know about marketing for small businesses. He's had incredible guests on his podcast over the years. I've probably only started listening to it in the last year or so, uh, but he is fantastic, high energy, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot out of that today. So we're just going to have a quick uh, music break, and then I will get uh, Mr. Timbo Reed on the line. Hi, folks, and welcome back to the Finance Hour, whether you're listening live on Jair or on our podcast. Uh, today, the show is about big marketing for small businesses. And as I said before the break, there is nobody, literally nobody, better qualified to talk about this than Mr. Timbo Reed, who runs the number one uh, podcast marketing show called The Small Business Big Marketing Show. Uh, I listened to it. I've probably only been uh, listening to it for the last year or so. Uh, but there are many and many thousands of people that do. And Timbo is going to share a little bit about what he has learnt over the journey. Timbo, have I got you there? Mate, very kind introduction, Ruben. Thank you. <laughs> no worries at all. It's great to have you on the show. As I said, I, I really do uh, I do enjoy it. And I know you've got a, a reasonable following. Um, yeah. But you, I was having a look on your website before. You've done number 393 podcasts. So you yeah. must have been doing this before podcasts were, were popular. <laughs> Well, I, about, I've been doing it for eight years, the Small Business Big Marketing Show, and about nine years ago, I found a podcast around innovation for business, and yeah. I thought, wow, this is incredible. Not only is there a piece of audio that I'm interested in 100% that I can listen to at any time, but I also realized that this means that any small business owner can now create their own media platform. And yeah. that's when I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and have my own show. And, you're, and I know you're really uh, passionate about small businesses, and we'll, we'll get to that right. soon. But just tell me, I mean, to stick with something like this for 393 podcasts, I mean, I've been, I've been doing my podcast since the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. I think I've got over the hump because they say I think most of them stop after about uh, 12 or 13 episodes, and I'm up to about 23 number 23 but but tell me i mean how do you sustain it for so long and and how long did it take before you got real traction in terms of listenership yeah okay so big questions i this is content we're talking about content marketing because essentially that's what we're doing we're creating what i think is helpful and or entertaining content as business owners build an audience that may one day want to buy from us because they consider us opinion leaders. Um, So to that end, um, I suggest anyone who's looking at doing this, uh, do it for six months 
yeah. uh, create a piece. Let's talk podcasting specifically, but this applies to blogging or YouTubing or whatever it is. But create a piece of helpful content, a podcast episode a week for six months. Don't look at the scoreboard. Yeah. Don't look to see how many downloads you're getting, whether your website traffic's increasing, any of that, because you'll be disappointed, like yeah. you will. It's a slow yeah. burn. Yeah. But what happens... I'm disappointed me? every single week. <laughs> <laughs> well... I still get up and do it again, though. Yeah, but do, because you... Uh, we are making a difference. You and I, content marketers, podcasters, with good intention, are making a difference. And, you know, for me... I felt like I was talking down the barrel to no one, but mm. uh, all of a sudden I'd start to get, um, so after six months, I did start looking at the scoreboard and there were listener reviews on iTunes. I was getting emails from people either saying thank you, uh, maybe they implemented an idea I shared and yep. they wanted to tell me they've had success. Uh, they were asking me to speak at conferences and I felt as though things were starting to happen. And... I think, but I think that the big learning in terms of maintaining consistency is is good intention, mm. and know that you know a little bit more about the people that are listening, and that you are helping them. In my case, grow a business. Yeah, that's um, that's so. So you did touch on uh, people perhaps buying from you later. So do you see this your podcast? Is it generally like a lead magnet uh, for other businesses that you run? Or are you just doing it for the um, for the pure love of it and to, to reach no, as wide an audience as no, possible? No, I'm not creating art. So you either, it's either a commercial <laughs> reality yeah. or it's art. And art, art doesn't have a call to action. Art mm. is there to be admired. Um, I have, there is a commercial reality to my podcast, um, yeah. and it, it's changed. So when I embarked on it eight years ago, I had a marketing consulting business and yeah. the podcast was my way of differentiate, differentiating myself from all the other marketers out there and it worked really well. It worked so well that I then closed my marketing consultancy because I had people wanting to sponsor my podcast so it was starting to pay for itself quite yeah. well and I, a, a, a speaking business developed. I was, you know, I got to a point about three or four years ago where I spoke at 63 conferences wow. in eight countries oh as a direct result of the podcast, wow. right? Um, and, you know, then other amazing things happen, like it's now the, the in-flight business show on Virgin yeah. around the world. And um, I now have, uh, and I'm trying to follow in your steps, I'm now doing radio. So, you know, these, <laughs> they, these are... Um, I talk about the boomerang effect. It's a book I wrote, which is basically says uh, the more helpful uh, and with good intention you are in your marketing, mm. it's going to return multiples. And great marketing, whether it be a podcast or a blog or whatever your strategy is, will return more clients. But in my experience and other people that I deal with, it, it other things happen. Other amazing things yeah. happen, like, yeah. for me, it's been speaking and radio mm, and publishing. Mm. I guess it's all about building, you know, you do build a big funnel, and then when it comes down to it, I mean, if you've got a really wide listenership, there's only a certain number of clients that, you know, are going to be appropriate to fall out the bottom of it for whatever other sort of business you do, and yes. that's fine. But I think there's also uh, there's also something to really impacting a whole lot of people who may never actually even email you or, or anything. You, you know, I think there's, there's something to that, even if it doesn't directly lead to business. I think that would be quite fulfilling. Oh, it's ace. It's yeah. like, uh, 
you know, I know, and you would know, and, and if it's any, any reassurance to you, the audio medium has terrible conversion mm. because people are driving, they're walking the dog, they're in the gym, and they, don't, they can't respond, right? Yeah. Um, so I know that there's a lot of people out there. I, I tell people, if you listen to my show, I say till I'm blue in the face, please go over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and leave a comment in the show notes, right? Yeah. And I know people aren't. I mean, some do, uh, mm. but... It's the just, vast, it's vast majority just, don't. Correct. Yeah. And, and I'm a big podcast listener, and I don't do it for other podcasts. Yeah. So, you know, karma's getting me backwards. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start talking a bit about, uh, about small businesses out there, which obviously you're very, very passionate about. And I want to start yeah. uh, with saying this sort of statement that it's probably never been harder for small businesses. Uh, there's huge amounts of competition out there. Uh, there are big companies coming in. If you think about the retail space, there's Amazon. Uh, there are other big companies who have got big spending. Uh, retailers have got higher rental costs. Uh, there's more and more regulation. I certainly know in my profession of financial planning, there's an enormous amount of profession. Uh, there's enormous amount of legislation. So the question I ask you is, is it getting more and more difficult for small businesses out there than it has been before? I think there has never, ever been a better time to run and market a small business. Okay, so it you totally disagree with that statement. Completely I thought, opposite. I thought you might. That's why I said it. <laughs> you know, like, um, it's very, very exciting times. The internet is an incredible enabler, mm, yeah. not only of starting online businesses, and I get the fact that Amazon's just opened up in Australia and there's going to be some price wars happening, but um, there is also... From a marketing perspective, there has never been more opportunities at such a low cost mm. to create marketing. Mm. Um, my podcast is, is an example. It costs me a couple of hundred bucks a week, and yeah. the return is multiples on that. Um, mm. You can do video marketing from your smartphone. Social media exists. There are customer relationship management tools like Salesforce and Infusionsoft that are that are mind-blowingly effective. Yeah. That used to be only the domain of big business. Mm, um, mm. There are so many softwares as services that we can in plug into our business to, to help manage our marketing. I, I just think it's really exciting, and I think anyone who thinks, oh, it's competitive, it's too late, it's a crowded marketplace, my, my advice to them is understand that point of difference is everything. Mm. You need to be different to uh, the businesses around you, which is obvious. And you can do that by creating an incredible customer experience. Yeah. That's a great step. So um, I'm happy to go into detail about that. Um, but uh, that's, that's one thing. And you've got to remember that people buy from people. And mm. this is particularly important of service industries, but also product-based industries. Yeah, and I don't think the human factor is ever going to completely disappear. Yeah. And if you have a very human side to your small business, then I think that will win uh, nine out of ten times. Well, I guess it's also, uh, you know, as you're saying that, and I think about it in my business, you're using the different marketing tools. There's, a, there's an opportunity for people to know me before they walk in the door for that initial meeting, and I just think that that is so important because the old traditional you know, financial advice process is that you met with someone, you spent the first 20 minutes 
you know, saying what a great bloke you are, how many certificates you got up on the wall, yeah. how many years you've been doing it, all that boring stuff. But if people come in and they, well, that stuff is probably not that important, but if they come in and they already know you, you've probably shortcutted a whole, a whole big part of that getting to know you sales process, haven't you? Oh, yeah. And, and what, what's happening to you is exactly what's happening to me and other people who are embarking on this helpful content mm. marketing strategy, which is receiving an email or a phone call or someone hitting you up on social media saying, and, and for me it's, hey, Timbo, uh, I hope you don't mind me calling you Timbo, but I feel as though I know you. Yeah. And that's a result of podcasting and blogging. Uh, and then, so that's out of the way. They've listened to my show. They've heard me interviewed. They might have mm. even read my book. And you can get on with getting to know them and understanding their problems, which is what all great businesses should do. Someone like you as a financial advisor, I mean, if I was a financial advisor and I had a prospect approach me within the within the bounds of compliance, which I know is a pain in the neck for you guys. No, no, I've given all know, the legal uh, disclaimers at the beginning of the show. All, all that stuff. <laughs> you know, getting, getting your iPhone out, your smartphone, doing a quick selfie video and saying, hey, g'day, John, thank you so much for contacting me. It's Ruben here. Really looking forward to seeing you in a couple of days' time to work yeah. through your finances and insurances. Don't forget to check out a couple of things on my website beforehand. Mm. See you soon. Yeah. You, you, you send that to them. But to them, that looks like it's a lot of work. You and I know that that takes that, 10 minutes, Mac. Correct, correct. Well, even less. I mean, you've got the screen recording software that correct. takes no time at all. Yeah, I mean, and that's actually, as you say, that's even taking it to a more personal level, which is which is good when you've actually got that, got the prospect, uh, you know, in the, in the um, you know, on the way. Uh, yes. So that's... That's terrific. So, look, I, you've done 393 podcasts. I assume you've interviewed, what, something like 393 business owners? <laughs> yeah, well, I've doubled up on maybe three or four, but, yeah, let's call it, you know, 390 uh, individual yeah. successes. 380 plus. So, tell me, in general, uh, you, you must have, I think you try and speak to high-performing businesses, I'm, I'm gathering, but you must have seen a lot of uh, good businesses and some poorer ones. So, what... What types of businesses in general are the ones that are, are doing better than others? My criteria for a guest on my show is a successful small business owner yeah. with a great story that's using yeah. marketing effectively. So I don't see a lot of, a lot of duffers. Um, yeah. what, links, what links the good ones is a, a, an incredible respect for marketing mm. because there's way too many business owners out there who uh, marketing is secondary or tertiary. Uh, it's considered an expense and not an investment. Yeah. It's um, it's time-consuming. It's complicated. All these limiting beliefs. Mm. The, the successful ones that I see, they don't use this word, but I've coined the phrase. They 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 view marketing as a hobby. And what I mean by that is, you know, you think about a hobby. A hobby is enjoyable. It's something you love. You've chosen to do. Yeah. You can't wait to do it again, uh, and you're happy to throw a few dollars at it. Mm. And the, the, the good business owners do that and they enjoy it and they try things and they don't get down in the mouth when something doesn't work. They make a little pivot, a little change, try it again. It might be a headline or an image or a medium or whatever it is. And they experiment with their marketing. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, the good ones offer a great customer experience, yeah. um, which is, you know, putting us just 
there are, you've got to think, if you look at the, the, the journey of a customer into any business, it starts with the moment they find you, which could be a word of mouth referral or it could be a, a Google search or a local paper ad, right through to the other end of that spectrum, which is after they've bought from you and they're enjoying whatever they bought from you. Yeah. All along that line, Reuben, are moments of truth, mm. moments when mm. you have the opportunity to put a smile on the customer's face, um, instill confidence, whatever it may be. Um, it could be a welcome email. It could be the cup of herbal tea that you serve when they come into your waiting room. Yeah. It could be the way you present personally for the first time. You, met, you know, All these things, mm. and individually, they're, they're not that interesting. But added up, they're really interesting, and yeah. that's what makes your business different to all the others. Well, that, that is interesting because, uh, you know, what I suppose you're saying is the marketing doesn't stop when you get that phone call from the client. It really, oh it really goes through that entire experience. And you, you can get people, especially when they're making big decisions, big financial decisions, that yeah, there's also the buyer's remorse thing that they can get part way through and yeah. think, oh no, what have I done? So I suppose you've got to be having a good customer experience is gonna is gonna help that too. Yeah, totally, I love the phrase "marketing is everything" and everything is marketing. Mm. So it, it never stops. I mean, you know, for your business, uh, you know, just maintaining. I used to be the marketing manager at Flight Center years ago, and I used to I used to get the really escalated customer complaints, and Often the complaint was, your travel agent in such and such stores just never getting back to me. I don't know what's happening. So yeah. I ring the travel agent. I say, why aren't you getting back to the client? And the travel agent would go, oh, I have nothing to tell them. Well, I <laughs> would say to them, call the client and tell them you've got nothing to tell them. But you're onto it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that kind of thing is just, it's simple stuff. This is not complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now, one of the things you just picked up on was talking about people like thinking of marketing as a hobby, those successful business owners. Mm. And there's a slight darker side for that. And I'll tell you about uh, my morning this morning. So I had uh, coffee with uh, my wife, Karen, and I was talking to her a bit about I'm um, getting a new website up and I'm talking about my podcast, which is going to be quite prominent on the website. And she said to me, oh, you've really got to create a Facebook page for for the um for the finance hour and i said oh, i've already got my my adapt my business facebook page do i need it she says no you definitely need it you need it okay so i went back to the office and i reckon i stuffed around for about two hours getting okay. a facebook page up yeah. you know sometimes and this is something that i fall fail of is that you know you've got a business to run right i've got to do professional advice for clients and i've got to be on the phone with them doing that kind of thing you were saying before but sometimes particularly when you get technology involved and you're using different software programs and you weren't born in the noughties, uh, you can, get, um, you can yep. get sidetracked by this stuff and it can take a, a life of its own. And if you're running a yep. small business, you can't afford to lose focus on your yep. clients. Your question? Well, my question is, is what do, how can how, uh, how small do business all? owners you know, you dedicate the right amount of time in yeah. a focused way to get the best return on investment without so, so, getting sidetracked. You know, so as business owners, that's a great question. As business owners, all I want you to do is focus on creating incredibly helpful content. Mm -hmm. Blogging, videos, podcasts, social media updates, whatever your thing is, e-books, what, 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 
you know, speaking at networking events, whatever that is, Ruben, everything else, cash flow allowing, outsource. Mm. Okay? Now, yeah. I say that really hesitantly because I know that cash flow is everything in business and sometimes you just have to do it yourself. Well, if you have to do it all yourself, then pick and choose carefully what you do do, what you do create. But now, I, I hope you're not editing your podcast. No, I I'm hope not. you're not uploading your blog to your to your website. I hope you're not. I hope you've got someone scheduling your social media updates. Yeah. And all this stuff doesn't have to cost a fortune. No. You could find um, a family friend. You could find a uni intern. You could go to the Philippines and yeah. get a virtual assistant. Yeah. You could go to... There are websites set up for this. So, you know, yeah. there's a yeah. bit of learning, but... It's a bit like financial advice, right? Uh, you would hate to think that your clients were doing everything. Yeah, well, it's in, yeah, it's interesting. I've actually got, I've recruited my sons into the um, into the podcast production. One of them edits it, uh, and the other one, well, when I've got the website up, is going to be uploading them, making them look pretty, uh, etc. But right. but but you know, I mean, and we did actually, we had a uh, another business coach on before, I guess. Before you outsource, you actually, though, you really need to know a bit about the process. You can't, if you just outsource before you've got your head around sure. it, uh, you may end up, um, you may end up, you know, with the wrong outcome. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I've got a virtual assistant, Joel, in the Philippines. Um, I went through uh, every one of my systems and processes with him. He documented it as we went. Mm. That now lives in the cloud. So yeah. if Joel disappears... Um, and we need to upload an episode. It's as simple as going to my my Google Drive and finding the system for you know whatever it is. Yeah. And um, like anything, buddy, there is work to be done up front, uh, and that's an investment because it's going to save you a whole lot of time and pain down the track. Yep. Okay. So we've talked a bit about uh, you know internet, web marketing, video, etc. All this sort of. The new, well, when I say new, it's probably new in the last ten years or so. So, and, and as you you sort of said that that's that's a big advantage that small business owners have that they can do that at low cost. But what about yeah. the older style traditional marketing, the radio, yeah. the television, <laughs> the billboard ads, the newsletter drops? Yeah. Now, is there still a place for that? Uh, and and is there a place for that for small? You know, number one, is there a place for it? And number two, for small business owners in particular. Is it still relevant? Yeah, it's interesting because, yes, yes. um, I am certainly not for, like, I'm not the 100% online marketer. I think there's there's an opportunity to balance online and offline. I grew up in a big advertising agency, Clemenges, for many years, and I've seen how much advertising, radio, TV, newspaper, billboards, costs, and it can be pretty scary, and it it Mm. can be a bottomless pit. And there is a reason, Ruben, why... Big businesses employ big agencies to come up with big ideas with big budgets, right? Mm. You know, so we don't have that luxury. But, you know, only the episode I put up just this week on the Small Business Big Marketing Show was, I had, I've had a question in my mind for years, which is, how can radio advertising be effective? So mm. I found Dan Presser from... Uh, Sunraysia prune juice and blue banner pickles. Have you heard those ads? Uh, Sunraysia, definitely. Not the pickles, okay. but I've definitely... Sunraysia, that... Yeah, I feel like that I've been hearing them on the radio or for telly years. for years. 
and they're cringeworthy in his in Dan's words. He owns the business. Mm. They're, they're, they're cringeworthy. They're immature. They have him. Um, he he appears in them reading poetry that he's wrote, which is pretty amateur. <laughs> but, but but they have worked. He has built two big FMCG brands, one hundred percent off the back of radio, and really? we actually go into how he's done that. So wow. I just think with those mediums that you you identified, um, there's nothing wrong with them. You just need to know what you're doing because they are expensive and. You run an ad in the local paper today, that's chip wrapper tomorrow. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've got to get your formula right, like all marketing, which is if I put a dollar into my marketing there, am I going to get two back? But that's always, that right. yeah, and that's difficult to, to measure because that's one of the things where web and Facebook ads and all that have got it covered because yeah. they're so measurable. You get those reports at the end of the week or whatever, and you can really see. And certainly for the retailers, they can almost see exactly where the click-through came from that led to the sale. I mean, it's so, so measurable. You can really pinpoint it. But sometimes I think with, you know, with banner advertising and newspaper and radio, can you measure it as well? Well, the answer is maybe. Mm. (laughs) Because, and I don't think, you know, a lot of... A lot of the advertising we see in mass media is what I call branding, which is what big, big companies can afford to do because it doesn't necessarily have a call to action. It just says, hey, drive a Mercedes or, hey, shop at Coles. You know, yeah. really good. Um, whereas anything that you and I do, it has to have a strong call to action. It has to be measurable. That might mean putting um, a unique uh, website address or a unique phone number mm. or a unique offer that can only be seen on a, on a particular medium, and that way you can track it. And um, yeah. that's where you've just got to get smart about it. Know, know your numbers, know, you know, and, and, and do track it. You know, like I helped a client, uh, or not so much a client, but a colleague a couple of days ago send out a, a mass email campaign to about 10,000 people on his list. Yeah. And we had three, we wrote three different emails, mm. three different headlines, Different content by about forty yeah. percent in the body of the email. That's we called A/B testing, isn't it? A/B testing. Yeah, we sent a third, a third, a third. One of them is working its pants off. Mm. The other two haven't. So now we know. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And, and when we talk about measuring as well, I mean, you know, one of the, you know, the biggest ones that people use is Google. I mean, Google AdWords and yeah. and, and the like. I mean, have you had? Uh, much experience with that. I mean, what do you see? How do you see that as a um, as a channel? Is it just getting too competitive and too expensive, and a Google screwing everyone, or is there still mileage uh, in that? Look again, it comes down to look. If, if let's say if an ad, if I say to you, you should run some Google AdWords, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks a click for this mm. keyword. Well, that's okay if you're getting a hundred and fifty or two hundred back, isn't it? So yeah. it, it's kind of you'll find as many hundred dollar notes as you can. Mm. Um, Google yeah. is more expensive these days. Facebook is where the cheap, the cheaper clicks are. Yeah. Um, but but you know I've had ex- I've had good experiences and bad experiences with both. But I am mm. I'm sort of of the opinion that if you work hard at your content, then why not rank organically number one, two, or three on page one? Yeah. And 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 do it for free. You know, if you Google small business marketing, this will test. But I'm pretty sure, I'm more often than not, number one or two organically and a right? big, with a, small business. Yeah, and a big part of that is that you're producing lots and lots of relevant content Correct. on your website. Correct. 
and and Google likes that, don't they? They love it. That's all. Mm. Google want relevant, unique, helpful content produced regularly. They said that in a press release when they made a major algorithm update about 12 months ago. It's like, you do that and Google will reward you. Mm. Without having to pay necessarily the big dollars. Yeah, actually, uh, talking about... Uh, Facebook and I mean I had a I had a bad experience, but it kind of comes back to what you said using experts. I, I wrote a LinkedIn article and I thought, oh, I'm going to have a crack at you know at sponsoring this article and trying to get it in lots of places. So you know I just had to crack myself and I thought I'll put 80 bucks on on it, you know, and and see how it goes. Anyway, five days later I realised that I'd, I was looking at my credit card statement and there was 80 bucks US a day going on this. And I thought, oh, here we go. After, before I knew it, after five days, I'd spent about 500 Australian dollars. It said that I reached a lot of people, but it didn't really go anywhere. But Yeah, right. Anyway. Well, uh, well that's, and that's not the medium's fault, by the way. Because, no. again, you're running an ad. That ad required a headline. It required some body copy. It required a link. And it required a landing page that you were sending people to, mm. all of which needed to... to to work, yeah, to work together. And, yeah. yeah. And that's sometimes a mistake that we can make. We get a rush of blood. We do something. Correct. But, but there's a whole lot of elements to, to make it right, yeah. isn't there? And I think you've certainly uh, told us about that today. It's not just the initial contact. It's a whole experience. Um, a whole experience. Through. Oh, well, we're coming towards the end, but I, I, I do uh, like to ask my guests uh, their three top tips. So I'm going to ask you for your... Three top tips for business owners before we leave. I feel like I feel like we've given them about forty-three already. <laughs> say, um, um, respect marketing. Stop stop treating it as as a secondary thing that you might get around to one day. Make it part of uh, what you do. Make it part. You, you do your books every week. Yeah. You pay your baz. You you know you employ people. Well, make marketing just as important as that. Um, in regards to that, once you've made that decision. Be helpful with your marketing, and the first step I would do is go and um, identify every single question you've ever been asked by a client or a prospect in your business and mm. go about answering each one of those yeah. questions and form a knowledge center on your website. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the third one is, um, like you, like people are doing now listening to this, never stop learning. Keep listening to Ruben's show, subscribe to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, read, read, talk to others, just keep keep your mind open and keep learning terrific well thanks timbo uh, very much for being on as i said i hope hopefully I'll, I'll get this podcast and i'll i'll share it with you and if you can you know if you think of uh, possibly sharing it with some of your listeners that would be much Funny, appreciated always, as well always uh cross promotion joint ventures is one of the great marketing strategies so uh fabulous uh quid pro quo Absolutely. Well, Timber, look, thanks very much. It's been a great discussion. Uh, and I'll certainly uh, be listening to your show as I have been. And I will, after what you've told me now, I will try and remember to leave some feedback for you when I'm on the treadmill. I'll just jump <laughs> off for a second and write a, write a review. But just to let you know that we are you. enjoying your show and, uh, and keep up the good work. And hopefully uh, I'll speak to you again before you hit show number 1000. I guess... Based on this, you might be looking at about, what, 2025 or something like that. Something like that. One a week every Tuesday. Well, are you doing a celebration for number 500? You should be thinking about that. Maybe. Maybe. It's a number. (laughs) Maybe I'll do it. 
All right, terrific. Okay, thanks thanks again. See you later. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Finance Hour. It is now time for our Propeller Head of the Week. And the Propeller Head of the Week today is is to use your internet banking app to its capacity. Uh, They do now have, I use the Commonwealth Bank app. I'm not recommending that, but I do use it. And they've now got a spending categorization functions on it. And I get an alert that says, oh, you've spent a bit more this month on on education, on your kids, or you spend a bit more on utilities. It's really very useful and very powerful sort of reports that you can get straight from it. So next time you log on to your internet banking, I'm pretty sure all the banks are starting to do this. Just have a look at how they're classifying your data, and it may be something that is useful for you and helps you make better financial decisions. Well, that's all from the show today. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. As I said, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please jump onto iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, We're also going to have our Facebook page up and running. In fact, it's up and running as of today. So please like that, search the Finance Hour and like our Facebook page. And you'll actually be able to subscribe as well to receive uh, these podcasts uh, straight to your inbox and straight to your earbuds. Okay, that's all for now and we'll see you again next week.